How's your week been? Good. I made I made my obligatory quarantine bread, um, like with yeast and from scratch and. Nice. How did it go? Oh, it was good. We just have a lot of bread now. That's the best thing about quarantine, honestly. Is before quarantine, me and my husband were trying to eat like pretty good, and we've lost a lot of weight between us. And since quarantine's hit, we've both been like, look, if we can't go outside, we're gonna eat what we want. So yeah. yesterday, yesterday I think all I ate was donuts ice cream <laughs> uh bread and a slushy that sounds amazing and living it was the dream i'm actually living the dream this is the best i saw a tweet the other day that was it was a joke but it was kind of not a joke it was like can we figure out when quarantine's going to end because if it's may i'm going to make sure to slim down if it's fall i am not even going to worry yeah. about it yeah, if I'm not gonna if I'm not gonna be able to have a birthday party, I I don't care how far I get. Yeah, see, because we're both we're you're turning thirty this year as well. I am, I am. Everyone's gonna have their thirtieth birthday, like everyone we know, like <laughs> all at the same time. I think we should just have a big party, like for everybody who turned thirty during the quarantine. We should all go to Vegas or something yes. and just like rock out. It would be great. That would be awesome. Ugh. Okay, well, welcome to episode four of Are You Serious? A lovely journey through bad Reddit relationships. I am Morgan. I'm Esme. And I have, we have the long-awaited, long-talked-about <laughs> garlic bread post. I just want to, I want to make it clear that the, the, the garlic bread post, it's not that it vanished. It's just that I don't come to this thing prepared. And I want to, I want to fully... <laughs> Fully put myself out on that chopping block. I turn up to podcast in my pajamas. Like, oh, yeah. Well, everyone's yeah. working in their pajamas these days. I've had a glass of wine. Like, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, so it's all bad on my part. But now we do have the garlic bread. We have okay. the garlic bread. I, 18, female, left my laptop open. And my sister, 15, female, replaced everything in my hobbies and passions section on my resume with just garlic bread. That's a joke. <laughs> I unknowingly sent it out to about 20 to 30 businesses, and now I have no idea what to do about it. Oof. <laughs> uh, bless her. Okay, so. Yes, Reddit, I know how hilarious this sounds, and I promise you this is not a joke, as I am genuinely freaking out right now. I am soon finishing up secondary school, high school, and I'm looking for my very first job for the summer, so when I was filling out my resume, I didn't have a lot of experience to mention. So I decided to do a hobbies and passions section, taking advice from others. I stupidly left my laptop out on the kitchen table yesterday while I went to the shop to get some tea. And my gobshite of a sister thought it would be the <laughs> joke of the century to delete my hobbies and passions section and replace everything with a single bullet point reading garlic bread. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to I make clear that this is very clearly a British person writing this. Mm-hmm. Because I can't think of any other person who would write the word gobshite. Yeah, that, with, that with, gives it away. With that particular spelling. So I'm going to shout out to my, my British brethren. I yeah. just want to say if if she, if this happens like in one day and she sent it out to 20 to 30 places, sent out her resume, that's some seriously good hustle she's got going on. Yeah, like, well, 
I, when I was unemployed, I, I kind of did the same thing. I didn't really mind what I did, right? So I was like, oh, I'll do anything. I'll work in a shop. I'll work in a pub. I don't really care. So I just sent it out to a whole bunch of places, mm-hmm. like probably about 50 places. And then I kind of pavement pounded for a couple of days and went into a couple of stores and asked if they were hiring or whatever. But yeah, that's, I, I would say in England, I don't know if it's the same in, in America, but in England, that's pretty common. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and once you have your resume made up, it's as especially as someone with no experience. Right. Like when I was looking for a job down here, I had multiple resumes. So I would have one with pharmacy stuff because I used to work in pharmacy. Right. One with education stuff. So like once you get them all made up, it's pretty easy to send them out literally everywhere. Yeah. The problem is filling in all those forms nowadays. They make you fill out all of the info that's in your resume on their website oh, drives like me. why do you even want my resume then drives me up the wall i hate that so much it's the most annoying thing anyway now i had closed the word document saving it before leaving she opened it changed it without telling me and saved it and closed it before i came back she knows <laughs> bloody well that i'm looking for jobs at the moment and she knew i'd spent the afternoon working on my resume I came home with the tea anyway, and since I was happy with my resume, I didn't bother to recheck it. I had no idea someone would change it to garlic bread while I was gone. <laughs> I sent to multiple job applications from an online hiring site, which had places hiring in my town. I'd say I sent this garlic bread resume to about 20 to 30 institutions in total. It was only after I sent them that I decided to recheck my resume when I noticed the horrific alteration. I am absolutely mortified. I immediately confronted my sister about it, getting a strong sixth sense that she was the most likely culprit, and she thought it was fucking hilarious. She literally (laughs) laughed until she cried, while I was standing there nearly crying from stress and mortification. My sister has always been a joker, and she gets away with bloody murder, but this was so serious. I'm sick of her pulling off this shite to everyone around her, thinking it's funny or cool or something. It was only when I explained to her the full seriousness of the situation and that I'd sent it to 20 to 30 places that she copped on and apologised. Not sure if she was being genuine, but the words I'm sorry definitely left her mouth. Then she had the audacity to blame me for it, asking me why I hadn't checked it before sending it off. I screamed at her that I'd checked it multiple times before leaving to get tea and didn't expect anyone else to change it while I was gone. She then backpedaled and insisted that she meant it as a joke, like just a prank bra mentality, but I'm having none of it. I don't know what the hell to do now and rectify the situation. I have never job hunted before. I don't know how serious this stupid mistake is. I live in a large enough Irish town, but small enough for businesses to spread gossip. So I'm terrified that they'll all now know not to hire the garlic bread girl. Should I email the places I applied to explaining the situation, or will I just sound like a complete knob? Technically, it is true that garlic bread is a passion of mine because it is delicious, but obviously (laughs) it's not resume worthy. The businesses probably think I'm taking the piss, and it's extremely unprofessional. I'm so annoyed that this is my first impression in the working world. I'm not even hired and I've fucked up already. Should I resend them my application with my resume fixed? Should I move on and forget about the places I applied and applied to new businesses with a rectified resume? Should I just fucking move town at this point because I've clearly made a fool of myself already? Also, how do I talk to my parents or my sister about her stupid, spoiled, bratty behavior? Okay, I I appreciate the situation that she's in. Like, that is, is crappy. But also, I think she's worrying a little too much about... Like, no one's going to spread this gossip around. At least I don't think so. She should just apply to new businesses and sit down. If her sister always jokes like this, just tell her, okay, this and this and this, those those are off limits. Right. Like, my job, my relationship, those are off limits. 
I was thinking that this one was going to be like about someone messing with someone's food. <laughs> We've had a couple of those. Of finding, so I'm relieved that it was not that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that this situation, I think this situation in- includes a lot of kind of outside influence, right? It's really hard. This was like three, three years ago. Three years ago. So three years ago, it was 2017. We were just coming out of that big global recession, right? Jobs weren't great, especially not in places like Ireland. And kind of coming out of college and trying to find a job is really stressful. And I feel like that's what has put this person over the edge. Like, oh, my God, this is the most mortifying thing in the whole entire world. Is that she's thinking, I'm never going to get a job now because of this goof. Yeah, well, you can always apply in nearby towns, and then if you get a job, you can move there. Yeah, I think if it was me, what I'd do is I would send out the rectified resume to the places I've already applied and say, hey, sorry, please disregard the previous resume. This is the real one. And I wouldn't even, like, say what the reason was, because they may not have even opened it yet. That's a good point. That's a good, that's a really good strategy. Just say, oh, that was, that one was not up to date. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it wasn't up to date. Please disregard it. This is the new one. That's probably what I would do. Yeah, same. If I thought of that. <laughs> I think I'm just not, I, I I really don't like prank. Yeah, I mean, there's a definite, people don't know the line. Like, what is okay? What is not okay? It needs to be funny to everyone, not just to you. <laughs> and a lot of pranks, I think, they, they focus on degrading a single person. Yes. It's not really about pulling a prank on everybody. It's about pulling a prank on this person and now everybody's laughing at them. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, oh, this is a silly thing we can all laugh at together. Yeah. This Oh, this is kind of funny. Like, uh, my husband told me a really funny one about how they changed their friend's like character name on a, on a video game or something. And he didn't notice for ages. But then when he saw it, he thought it was really funny. So, so yeah, that's what you know. It didn't go over the line when yeah, everyone is laughing. That's pretty harmless. They didn't change it to anything like gross or risque or anything. It was just a silly little kind of food related joke. But things like this, where if someone's worked really hard on it or somebody's really proud of something and then you deliberately go and mess it up, I think that's kind of that's a bit of a dick move. Yeah, I agree. But I agree. Garlic bread is delicious. And if I was re- rewriting my resume... I would definitely put garlic bread as a hobby and a passion. <laughs> I would want them to ask me about it as well. Making bread from scratch. Yes. You can spin that to make it sound like you are, you know. I make my own artisan baguette. And then I like, I churn my own butter from milk. And I grow my own garlic and I make my own garlic bread. Yeah, <laughs> that would be like, A, please call me. I want to taste your garlic bread. B, that would be something interesting to talk about uh, an interview. But also, now I'm thinking about it, if you did get an interview from one of these places and they were like, so tell us about your garlic bread, <laughs> that might be a funny story. Be like, oh, my God, that's really embarrassing. My sister did it. I didn't notice. That's my goof. I'm glad we can laugh about it. It's one of those things in an interview where people are going to remember you. Yeah, it's like wearing a funky tie, you know, right. so you stand out. So I don't know. I I feel like it could go both ways in that situation. The comments are pretty good. The comments have like (laughs) other people where this has happened to them. I once emailed my resume out to a dozen or so companies, completely forgetting that my email client on that computer added a signature line that read my name, artist, designer and corporate slave will work for spankings. I got (laughs) interviews and eventually a job. You'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, and see, sometimes people don't even read that stuff. I mean, this is different because it's one bullet point that just reads garlic bread, but I don't read people's signatures. <laughs> this is, uh, another good comment. Only give your sister garlic bread for Christmas and birthdays. It is your passion, after all, until she makes it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, also, now you get one good prank on her that she oh, can't retaliate. You owe her one. Yeah, I would do something. I would take... Oh, this would be a good prank. I'd take literally all of her t-shirts out of her closet and replace them with t-shirts that just have pictures of garlic bread on. You know, those <laughs> iron-on, like... Yes. Um, sticky vinyl things. I just replaced the whole wardrobe with pictures, with t-shirts with garlic bread on. Or you can like put pins or like buttons of garlic bread everywhere, like on her backpack, oh, so on good. all her clothes, on her jackets. That'd be amazing. Anyway, I that's the garlic bread. That's the garlic bread one. I thought it was really funny. It that's cracked pretty, me up. Yeah, and so she's, <laughs> and she'll be fine. Like it's not she'll a, be all right. A deal. Yeah. Okay, so I have our also food themed, which of course. And oh, it's... hang on a second. My cat is going into the litter box. <laughs> it's for recording. Uh, yeah, just of course, because we're recording and he wants to make as much noise as possible. I would like to say that my cat is a sweetheart and I love him. <laughs> but he's also a jerk. Let me know when you're Wait. done, bud. <laughs> Enjoy that poop, my dude. Are we finished? Hooray! I'm glad you had a lovely poop. <laughs> Okay, so this one is food-themed, okay. which is uh, very on-brand for on us. On-brand, on-brand. And it is our, I'm going to coin a new term here and call it the asshole novel, Ooh. where someone posts a really long post explaining the situation, and it just becomes clear by the end that they're a total douchebag. So this one is Am I the Asshole, obviously, and it does not give ages... I'm assuming late 20s-ish. Am I the asshole for very rarely slash almost never wanting to go to restaurants because my girlfriend makes food that's just as good, if not better, than restaurant food? Hmm. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I've been with my wonderful girlfriend for a few years now, and we usually get along great aside from this current issue. She's a self-proclaimed foodie, which I honestly think is just selling herself short. She's a food genius. She can taste and smell a dish and then turn around and recreate it, or even make it better than the original. If you taste something and wonder, what's that super subtle flavor? She'll tell you it's anchovy paste, lavender, or some other obscure spice that you would never think of. When someone is cooking something and they go, it's missing something, she can tell you exactly what it needs. That's not it either. She heard about a lost family recipe, and the next week, bam, I'm eating my grandmother's homemade sausage again for the first time in 15 years. Dang. It's gotten to the point where I don't see any point in going out to eat, pretty much ever, except maybe her birthday. Even the most exotic ingredients aren't out of her reach either. Even though it's not about cost, I've saved up more being with her than I ever have in any other relationship. The only places we go out for date night is ramen. She can't figure out how to make the noodles, but she still tries, so it's just a matter of time. And sushi. Our anniversary was recently, and I had noticed that our local fish counter was selling sushi-grade fish, along with the rolling mats and nori. So I suggested that we have homemade sushi for our anniversary dinner before going out. And she, upset, said, I'm not learning how to make sushi because then I'll never get a real date ever again. We ended up going out instead. It kind of took me by surprise that she got so mad, though. She's lightly mentioned wanting to go out occasionally to places like Olive Garden because she likes the red sauce or other places because she likes the food. 
And now that I'm thinking about it, she's gotten kind of gloomy because I've asked her to cook on date nights instead of going out more often. (sighs) Now that I'm thinking about it, you douchebag. She also brought up that food she cooks tastes better to me because she's tasting and smelling it while it cooks, so her senses are dulled by the time it's served. But she has the most acute sense of taste or smell that I've ever seen, so I kind of just think it's an excuse. I just don't think it's worth it to go out and pay restaurant food prices when we can stay home for home food prices and have food that's just as excellent. So Reddit, am I the asshole for not wanting to pay a restaurant to cook my meals because I practically have a private chef of my very own? Yes, unless you're paying your girlfriend private chef money. Yeah, or even like sometimes it's not about the money. No, it's not. It's definitely not about the money. And I 100% agree with her when she says I've been tasting it and smelling it all afternoon and now I don't want it. Because sometimes, especially if I'm making a a meal that is time consuming, right? So I made um, beef and ale stew for me and my husband a few nights back and, and dumplings as well. The whole house smells amazing, smells like real nice beef. But by the time I come to sit down and eat it, I'm like, eh. Yeah, you get you get kind of like dulled to it. Or I, I'm usually a little bit stressed out. Not stressed, but I'm worried, you know, no, that it's going to be good. I feel that too. St- cooking is quite stressful, I think. Yeah, and I definitely enjoy it. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I'm not uh, on this person's level, but I want to make the best meal that I can. And so... I feel like, yeah, I'm I'm worried about that. Or like, did I cook the chicken enough? Did I put in enough spices? And then in this situation, the only person who's relaxing on date night is him. Yes. So if she's just cooking for them all the time, that's a big ask. Cooking takes between an hour and three hours every night, depending on what you're making. And that's not even including figuring out what you're gonna make making the shopping list I bet you it sounds like she does all the shopping like yeah doing all of the other labor that goes into making dinner right don't think he understands how much work it is he also says in one he has lots of edits edit two I'm taking her out tonight to grovel guys I'm also going to politely ask that if she finds this off twitter Please don't smother me in my sleep for being such a dick. At least he realizes that he did an assholey thing. Yeah. Edit three. No, Twitter, I don't buy her flowers. Thanks for rubbing it in. I buy her herbs and succulents. What flowers do I buy a woman who likes to preserve them afterward? Hmm. Flowers. Also, yes, I wash the dishes, which is good. Cause well, that's good. That's good if he's washing the dishes. But still, like, that is an immense amount of labor for one person to be taking on every single time you have a, uh, like, a like a special occasion. And I'm definitely feeling this now because I feel like, you know, we can't go out to eat anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. cooking every night. It's, uh, it's a lot of my day. Unfortunately, I don't have anything else to do. But <laughs> and normally, if I'm going to cook for my husband, if we're doing something nice, I cooked, I did a three course meal for him one Valentine's Day, right? But I tried to cook things that I knew he really liked using methods that I knew that he liked. So I looked up his favorite chefs and I was like, okay, so this is how they do it. And I'm going to try and do it that way. So it wasn't even that I had a great meal. It was really nice to eat all that stuff. And like, I made a really bomb lemon tart. It was, it was super good, but it wasn't really for me. It was definitely for him. That was like his whole gift. Yeah, and he and he's getting this every night, this guy. That's wild. That's really dumb. So he posted a full-on update. Ooh, okay. Um, after I posted and proposed and was rejected, <gasps> things got pretty awkward between us for the first time in five years. So 
Uh, I think this is the second update. Um, I don't have the first update on hand, but I do remember that he took her out to eat. They had a really nice evening. He proposed. She said no. Uh, And she said it's not no forever, but it's no right now. Because you don't just get to do one grand romantic gesture and then everything is great. Right. No, that's yeah, that's fair. I understand that. She started to get snappy at me easily. She stopped being as affectionate to me. She started making pretty much nothing but casserole. Everything changed. To clarify, she usually liked to make more involved food than casserole. Then one day, about three weeks ago, she threw down the spoon she was using to serve the thousandth casserole this month and snipped at me. Do you seriously fucking think that I actually like eating at Olive Garden? Guys, she saw the post. She was furious. Oh, yeah. She doesn't like Olive Garden. She'll eat there because the kids love it and it's cheap. I was right about the red sauce thing being non-acidic, but well, in her words, quote, she never developed a taste for pasta. She's Latino. Do I ever see her make pasta? No, a meal isn't complete without rice. You don't know me at all. She yelled about Olive Garden for a solid 20 minutes. It wasn't just about Olive Garden, but it was a lot about Olive Garden. (laughs) The Iranian yogurt is not the issue here. (laughs) Exactly. Long story short, we've been separated for a few weeks now, and it's not looking good. She, quote, loves and respects me, but feels it's best for her to respectfully disengage, end quote, from me for her own personal betterment. So, yeah. If he's that neglectful over the cooking issue, what else is he neglecting? This is like the buried leave, right? It's not really just about, oh, my wife makes restaurant-grade food and I don't want to eat out. It's my wife cooks for me every single night. And I do the dishes and I think that's enough. Yeah. And and if this was the situation where she's like putting this much effort into cooking every single night, I would expect him to be doing most, if not all of the rest of the chores. But he right. doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Mm, no. Uh, I feel like I need a lot more information here about the whole situation. Because the cooking thing is the pinnacle, is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, <sighs> for sure. And that's usually... What happens in these kinds of posts or this guy's like, oh, this is just one issue. And it's like, no, this is a, this is a representative issue in their relationship. Man, that poor lady. Yeah, it sounds like she she doesn't quite get a gold star because she didn't break up with him right away. But it wasn't necessarily a break up with him right away situation. I think it's one of it's nice that he appreciates her talents. I think that's where it probably started. He's sitting going, this food's delicious. I'm so glad you're such a great cook. And it's like, oh, he really appreciates my cooking. That's great. So then it's something that you kind of get into the habit of doing. It's like, oh, he likes my cooking. So I'll cook for him tonight. And then it kind of becomes the expected norm. And by the time you get to that point, you can't really complain about it after that. Or you feel like you can't complain about it after that. Yeah, because it's been going on for so long. It's like, okay, right. what like what is different about this time? Mm-hmm. She's kind of letting it fester, which is yeah. like a, a communication issue. But she is not the asshole in this situation. No, I don't think she is. I, I think that she was trying to do a real nice thing for him and it backfired spectacularly. And it sounds like they have kids, so that complicates the issue. Oh, yeah, especially if she's cooking all the time, and while she's cooking, he's meant to be looking after the kids. Like, when does she get the quality time with the the kids? Yeah, the play time. This, I feel like, is kind of a representative issue of, like, the 
men, not all men, but a lot of men want to swoop in and do the fun stuff like, you know, play catch and play games with the kids. And the women have to do all of the like getting them ready for school and getting them ready for bed and helping them with their homework and that kind of thing. And you've seen you've seen that comic about the mental load, right? You seen yes. It? Yeah, I love that. We should we'll tweet we'll, that out. We'll link it on the on the Facebook and the Twitter. Uh, but I think what this post is really about is that. Yes. So we'll we'll put it up on the on the on the Twitter and the Facebook, and you'll be able to see this wonderful comic. Uh, I can't remember who the artist is, but as soon as I find out who it is, we'll we'll credit them. Let's keep with our you know food theme. I hear you have one about some kind of restaurant. Yes. All right. This one I've been holding on to for a while because the first time I read it, it baffled me. Okay. My husband, 36 male, wants to start a restaurant for magicians and it is tearing our family apart. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. It's tearing our family apart. Okay. I've been with my partner for eight years. We have a four-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter. Our relationship has been a little rocky, partly due to his highly demanding job in the restaurant industry, but we love each other deeply and always will. He has been the head chef of a relatively successful restaurant for three years now and is the only source of income for our family since I left my job in the charity sector to look after our children. For the past four or so months, he's been floating the idea of starting a restaurant for magicians with increasing seriousness and dedication. It is not obvious what this entails, so I ought to explain. He envisions a restaurant which, unbeknownst to the general public, is littered with magical props. Levitating tables, bending cutlery, uh, and torn and restored menus, to name a few. The meals served to customers can be requested to have particular playing cards secreted inside to allow for spectacular reveals. And if you ask a waiter to think of a card, he will always say the Seven of Hearts. The idea here, it seems, is to allow for an environment where men on dates who are in on the scheme are able to impress their companions with seemingly spontaneous magic tricks requiring little skill or where amateur magicians can go to perform relaxed impromptu shows. I'm going to reserve my commentary on the merit of this idea until later, I imagine you can guess, but I should explain that my husband has never shown a remote interest in magic until around four months ago, when he met his friend, who in this post we will call Chris. Chris is something of a magic enthusiast, and since meeting him, my husband has become encapsulated by this idea. I'm using this throwaway account because Chris is an avid Reddit user. Over the past two weeks, Chris has convinced my husband that he ought to quit his job and use all of our savings to start this restaurant, which would burden our family with an enormous amount of financial uncertainty. We had a huge fight about this two nights ago, during which I said that some things that I have come to regret, insulting his restaurant idea, his cooking, and his new friend Chris. During this fight, my husband argued that he ought to be allowed to follow his dreams and that his idea is good because Chris came up with it and Chris is a magician and magicians are smart. (laughs) Yes, notoriously genius magician. This honestly does not seem like the man I fell in love with, who was creative but also pragmatic and level-headed. His fixation on Chris seems to have massively clouded his judgement, and I don't believe it is possible to rely on this restaurant for magicians idea to feed our family of four. How can I convince my husband that this idea is bad without hurting him or damaging our relationship? He is incredibly insensitive about it, and would seemingly jump through a thousand hoops to come to the defence of Chris, a person he did not know just four months ago. (laughs) This, to me, sounds like a midlife crisis of sorts brought on by meeting this cool new friend who seems to have this, like, exciting lifestyle of apparently being a magician. Restaurant for magicians. When I read this to my husband a couple of months back, he was like, well, after, like, a few weeks, the gig is up, right? Yeah, like, a secret restaurant (laughs) 
sounds like it would be so hard to balance how do you how do you market a restaurant so that only men taking women on dates are the people who know that it's a restaurant for magicians or chan but then how do you manage to keep it secret because what will happen then is the women will go to their friends and be like i went on a really weird date to this like magician restaurant and it was bizarre and i don't want to go there again and then everybody will know about the restaurant so it might work for maybe three weeks after that that's it yeah and so i've been to like a magician dinner before and it's a very high risk date to go on i we bought for our anniversary bought tickets to this like magician show and dinner thing and at first like when you go in it's like you're just thinking the whole time, this could be the most awkward dinner ever, or it could be really fun. And it's just a very high risk first or second or third date to go on because, especially if you haven't been to the place before, if it's a small, right, it sounds like it's one of those small, like intimate restaurants where there's magicians walking from table to table doing card tricks, oh, as geez. opposed to a large stage show. That would piss me off. That would 100%. If someone's interrupting my dinner to show me a shitty magic trick, (laughs) (laughs) I would be very irritated. I get irritated when the waiters come to ask me if my food is okay. Even though I have worked in the food service industry, that annoys me because I know that they don't really want to come and ask me how my food is. They're doing it as a courtesy and I'm just going to nod my head because my mouth is full. Like, it's completely useless. That would really irritate the hell out of me if there was some magician coming up like, do you want to see a card trick? I'd be like, no, I want to eat my steak. Thank you. Go away. I feel like the best, I mean, the one that we went to had a pretty good handle on that. Like once our food arrived, they gave us time to eat and left us alone. Whereas it was mostly when people were coming in and being seated and drinking before the meal arrived that they were coming around to our table. And it was, it wasn't bad. I feel like the best way to do that is with comedy, too. Like, it has to be yes. funny as opposed to just straightforward magic tricks. Yeah, you don't want, like, David Blaine coming up to you trying to, like, chop his finger off or whatever. That would be that would be bad. <laughs> Ruin your appetite. Oh, definitely. The other thing about this post is what the wife says about this guy, Chris. This sudden fixation with this dude who he's only known for four months, but he's willing to like throw all of their collective savings away. She doesn't have a job. And she said earlier that like their relationship is a little bit rocky because of his demanding restaurant job. And if he thinks that his life is going to be less demanding if he actually owns the restaurant, he's <sighs> going to have a very rude awakening. Jesus. Yeah, I know so many people who have gone into the restaurant business and just their entire lives have imploded afterwards. Yeah, just because... The money, it just drains away and then trying to get people to come in and it's just awful. The hours. Yeah, my older sister is a restaurant manager and right now she is managing like eight or nine different restaurants and they're all in the Oakland airport. Damn. So she is very busy and she, I mean, she's always worked in restaurants, so she works maybe 60 hour weeks. On average, sometimes it's, awful. sometimes it's more, but yeah, it's it's a rough industry. Oof. Yeah, my advice to this lady would be you need to sit down with your husband and with Chris. I feel like that's like 
they both need to hear a sensible, hey, while I appreciate that you're thinking of ideas and cool restaurants and stuff, now is not the time. Can we just not talk about this magician restaurant anymore? Especially while she doesn't have a job and their kids are so young. Right. Like, at least wait until they get into school, both of them. Yes. And then maybe you can go for it. Think it out a little bit. Like, four months is not a long enough time to think about the what this restaurant is going to need in order to survive. Not to mention that the idea needs some... <laughs> needs Fine-tuning. Some yeah. <laughs> Good luck, restaurant for magicians. So I have... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this a little bit differently. I yeah. have a teaser from Ooh. two different posts. Ooh. A sentence from the middle of the post. Okay. And I want you to pick uh, based on which one you find more interesting. Okay. So first one is, for optometrists... He thinks that glasses are evil in a sense. Okay. And the second one is, this past year, she's been more excited about riding the Millennium Falcon than riding me. (laughs) Uh, I feel like I need to go with the Star Wars one. (laughs) Okay. Let's go full tilt into the Star Wars one. So this is a relationship advice. How do I, 33 male, tell my girlfriend, 32 female, I don't want to be a Disney couple? Ooh, okay. <laughs> I have been with my girlfriend for seven years. A year into our relationship, we took what was our first big trip together to Disney World. It was an exciting trip, but at the time, I didn't know it was the biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> We've been back every year since. What? Our upcoming trip in April had to be canceled. While I was frankly relieved, my girlfriend has been devastated and won't stop talking about how we can move our plans to the fall. The thing is, I've come to hate Disney and despise my girlfriend because of her enthusiasm for it. She always gets us stupid matching couples shirts that are incredibly embarrassing to wear. Bless her. She also buys a set of overpriced mini ears each trip and has posted a photo of her wearing them every year as if that makes her quirky or unique and not like every other basic bitch in Orlando. Whoa, okay. She also gets a photo of us kissing in front of the castle every year that she always shares on social media, which is the lamest flex ever. She thinks watching the fireworks over the castle is the definition of romance. I don't understand what's so romantic about it when every time there's some dipshit dad with his unremarkable kid on his shoulders blocking our view. My girlfriend knows I get annoyed by this, but holds my hand throughout anyway like it's some beautiful moment. She's obsessed with the princess dinners, which are for children. Every year we eat at this restaurant with Cinderella, who is always a smoke show. And every year Cinderella walks over to our table and asks if we're attending the ball. My girlfriend thinks this is all so fun and imaginative, but I don't see Cinderella. All I see is all the hot blondes in college who never looked my way living out a literal dream while I eat shitty steak tips and listen to screaming kids and pretend to be somehow entranced by all this while throwing away thousands of dollars. Jesus! The cherry on top is that I barely even get laid on these trips because every night she's so tired from a long day at the parks and we have to be up and at for the next day. This past year, she's been more excited about riding the Millennium Falcon than riding me. I love my girlfriend, but I just can't take no, the you bullshit don't. anymore. Going there every year when there's a whole world to see doesn't make us a cute couple. It makes us fucking weirdos. She has alluded to me proposing in front of the castle numerous times. And I would quite frankly rather heave myself from the Tower of Terror than do that. I just don't know what to do. I don't know how to approach it because she's such a fanatic about it that I know she would become extremely upset if I even suggested I don't like Disney as much as her. She thinks it's one of our defining things as a couple, and it would break her heart if I told her how much I resent it. I have to put my foot down about this, but how should I go about it? Edit. 
holy shit, I don't hate my girlfriend, I hate Disney. <laughs> no, but you do, though. You do. Because you called her a basic bitch, and you don't want to spend time with her enjoying things that she enjoys. You can't suck it up. Like, I know that Disney's very expensive, right? I understand that. I know it's overpriced, and if you're not into it, it can be a little much. But if somebody is so into it that they love it that much, if you love that person, you'll do it for them. Yeah, like, one time a year, and... Like, I get not being into it, and I get adults who are way into Disney can be a little bit extra and a little bit annoying. But if you're going to be in a relationship with this person, it sounds like she, this makes her happy. And that is okay. Let people enjoy things. Also, a lot of this probably depends on her background, right? She may not have, when she was a kid, ever been able to go to Disneyland. Maybe that first time they went to Disneyland together was the first time she'd ever been to any Disney park in her life. And now that's so incredibly special for her that she got to do that with this one person who she cares about and loves. That that's like, that's her Valentine's Day, right? Yeah, and, and that's, she looks forward to it every year. She gets to do the cute thing, you know, that's like, I feel kind of similarly about Comic-Con, I guess, would be yeah. the closest thing. Like, Matt doesn't come with me to Comic-Con every year, but he also, like, understands and, and lets me do my own thing. Right. Disneyland isn't really one of those places you can go by yourself, either. Like, yeah. you have to go with somebody, and I think that... Ah, uh, but this is really hard. I wouldn't want to force him to go somewhere he didn't want to go. But he's being a dick about it. Yes, it sounds like he's building up resentment every time they go. He needs to say to her, look, I love you, and I love that you love going to Disneyland, but do we have to go every single year? Or can we just take a weekend sometimes instead of a big trip? Because I'm not as into it as you, but I want you to have a good time. So can we reserve it for like super special occasions? And then that's our special place to go. Especially, like, if they're going for a week to Disney World every <sighs> year. Yeah, it's too much. Like, hey, maybe we can alternate with, okay, Disney, and then maybe do some traveling abroad and do yeah. something else. Like, uh, but the other thing, and this is the thing which gives me much less sympathy for it. The way he talks about other women and yeah. her in this post is heinous. Yeah, like, girlfriend owes him sex, A, and B, <sighs> just the condescension towards the cinderellas oh my god like, that poor woman those poor people like they're doing a job it's not magical for them this is their every single day this is their job this is what they do to get paid it's like when i used to work in the pub and it would be like 11 o'clock at night and everybody around me is drunk and some dude comes up to me and he goes oh smile love it's the weekend <laughs> oh god i would have to fight so hard not to punch that guy in the face <laughs> I'm like, bitch, it's your weekend. I'm working. You're working? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm exhausted. I've served 500 pints this evening. Don't tell me to smile. Yeah, it's like that. In the, uh, in the comments, he says, I don't know how to tell her. It's like part of her identity. I feel a good comparison is dating a devout Catholic for seven years, going to church every week, then one Sunday just admitting you never believed any of it, and you were lying every time you said the Eucharist was tasty. Our relationship <laughs> won't survive that. Then you need to break up with her. If that's the deal breaker, if that if he absolutely can't do it anymore, he's got to go. Yeah. If you can't compromise, if you can't talk to her about it in a in a not 
So he's expecting her to get angry because he's probably going to be a dick about it. Yeah, well, if it's any anything close to the way he speaks about it in the post, that would not surprise me. Yeah, and uh, after that, he says, it wasn't a big deal the first few years, but she like slowly became more and more radicalized over time. So suddenly I'm at the point where if I do speak about it, it's over. No joke, a few months ago, we had a huge blow up because I didn't want to waste a fast pass on the slinky dog dash. Maybe we are incompatible. Yes, you're completely incompatible and you should leave this poor sweet lady who will find her Disney prince and will take her to Disneyland every single year. Honestly, you are supposed to have different likes from your partner. My husband, bless him, he is nowhere near as into music as I am. Most of the music that he listens to is like techno he can listen to while he's coding with no lyrics or anything. I carted over a collection of 350 CDs from England and 10 yeah. vinyls. And I think my music collection is over t- it's like 36 hours worth of music, something like that. I could straight up listen to music and never have a repeat song for about two days. Yeah, same. He doesn't care. <laughs> he He's like, eh, it's fine, I guess. He came with me to see my favorite band in Seattle for the first tour that they've done in the US for, gosh, 20 years. And he came and he paid the tickets and we went early. We were some of the first people there and he had a good time and he enjoyed himself. Would I expect him to go and see them play every single year? No, because that's just not his thing. He's not into it. He had a good time that one time, but I, I don't know if he'd ever have a good time going a second time or a third time. I wouldn't make him unless he wanted to. Yeah, I think this is maybe the second time I've brought this up, but it reminds me of the SpongeBob scene where Squidward gets to live um, in the like Squidward retirement home and he starts out super happy and then just over time gets more and more miserable. Yeah, he should have put his foot down earlier. Yeah, or at least, hey, maybe she has, obviously this is seems to be tied to a lot of romanticism for her, but maybe she has some girlfriends she can go with instead. Right. I have a great time going to Disneyland with my girlfriends. It's it's always fun. It doesn't matter if we do the same thing every time we go. Like, it's just nice to be there. It's just a nice place to be where you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah, and, and even if you have to wait in line, you can still hang out with people, talk to people. They need to break up. This yes. is, not, this is yeah. not a good thing. Yeah, it sounds like the resentment is too deep. It's way too much. Okay, so to kind of cleanse our palate from that one, I have uh, an adorable one from this new genre I'm calling Quarantine Love Stories. Okay, let's go for Quarantine Love Story. Um, The poster is 21 male. His flatmate is 20 male. My flatmate keeps giving me little kisses when he thinks I'm asleep. How do I ask him to do it when I'm awake, too? Oh, I know. <laughs> there are so many people just falling in love with their roommates right now because they're spending so much time together. It's adorable. It's the best. I'm going to call him Jake to make this easier to tell. So we met because we're on the same course at uni and both needed flatmates when we moved out of halls in second year. I assume you know what that means. Yes, that's dorms. (laughs) Yeah. We're generally pretty different, but we get on like a house on fire and I couldn't have asked for a cooler flatmate. Jake's a pretty casually, physically affectionate guy in general. Huge hugger, will casually put his arm around me or any of his mates when we're sitting side by side. I think we all know the sort of thing I mean. 
I'm not as much that way as he is because I was kind of raised in a men don't hug kind of household where physical affection was rarely given, if it was given at all. But I'm cool with him being like that, and I actually kind of appreciate it. We all need a hug sometimes, right? Obviously, we're currently on lockdown, and we both elected to stay at our flat instead of going home to our families. Him because he has a lot of high-risk people in his and doesn't want to risk potentially being an asymptomatic carrier. Me because, honestly, three weeks or more stuck in the house with my family sounds like abject hell. So far, it's been great. For some context, I have a condition which means I'm incredibly tired slash sleepy a lot. As such, I have a kind of funky sleeping pattern. Basically, most days I have to force myself to get up in the morning, then take a nap, sometimes a couple, in the middle of the day and go to bed at a reasonable time, but not too early so that I get enough but not too much sleep at night. This guy needs to use more commas. Jesus. You're a university, mate. Get someone to teach you how to use a comma. It helps keep my fatigue in check and stops me from literally just sleeping 15 hours at a time every day. I have good days where I don't need the nap and bad days where I don't manage to drag myself out of bed at all. But how I just described is how most of my days look. This is relevant, I promise. When I take my midday naps, I usually do so on the sofa in the living room because it's far easier to get up afterwards than it is if I nap in my bed. Jake is generally out when I take these naps, but he has said he's fine with it if he's here since they're generally only 30 to 60 minutes, and I'm a pretty heavy sleeper, and I prefer a bit of background noise while I kip anyway, so if he wants to watch TV or whatever while I'm napping, it's no issue. Since quarantine, he's obviously been here every time. He's been very accommodating and sweet about it. Our living room can get pretty cold, so if I fall asleep without a blanket, read most times, he'll pop one over me so I don't freeze. It started out being just that. I'd fall asleep without a blanket and wake up with one. Then a couple of times I woke up and he was sitting on the top of the couch. One of those corner sofas, so I was on the part of the L and he was on the other part, if that makes sense. And he was just casually playing with my hair, which I actually really love more than I thought I ever would. Very soothing. Then about a week ago, I guess he thought I was asleep before I was because he tucked a blanket over me and then gave me a little kiss on my forehead. Now this isn't the first time he's kissed me. Like I said, he's very casually, physically affectionate, that is a very hard phrase to read, with everyone, and he doles out kisses on the cheek to everyone like they're nothing. However, this felt very different, much more intimate and loving, and I liked it. Like, I really liked it. To the point where I've literally been pretending to fall asleep sooner than I'm ready to actually (laughs) sleep, in hopes he'll do it again, which he has been. He sometimes strokes my cheek or my hair a little bit, which, oh my god, that's even better. I don't really know what this means. I consider myself mostly straight. Not too sure how he identifies, but as far as I'm aware, he's been with both men and women in about equal numbers. I don't know if this is a thing of me being attracted to him. Like, he's objectively good-looking in a way I'd call pretty rather than handsome, but I've never thought about it if he's actually attractive or what. But, like, I'd really be okay with it slash like it if he started giving me those little forehead kisses while I'm awake, too. I don't know how to describe it. It's very comforting, very soothing. However, as I've mentioned, I was raised in a context where physical affection like that was rarity and pretty much only reserved for when something bad happened and I was upset. How do I approach him about this without it being weird? (laughs) So cute. Yeah. (laughs) I could die. Okay. Um, How do you ask him for the smooches? It's just asking for smooches. Yes. Just, I would, I would be like, hey, so I just want to talk about when you've been giving me a blanket recently. I've noticed you've been smooching me on the head. It's okay. I kind of like it. You can keep doing it. That's perfect. But I I just want you to know that I know and I'm not freaked out by it. And it's cool. Yeah. Then you kind of cozy on in where you're watching some Netflix and boom, boyfriend. (laughs) And 
Yeah, like some people in the comments were saying it's okay if it's just you are starved for physical affection because you are trapped in a house together and not seeing any other people. If it's totally platonic, that is fine. Like I know a lot of gay guys who do that platonically with their friends a lot. But, you know, maybe start start with a little kisses while you're awake and see what happens. Yeah, I am. I am rooting for the both of you. Mostly straight guy. Um, Kinsey too. <laughs> Kinsey too. <laughs> oh bless, that's so sweet. I just love. I love stories of male physical affection. Yes, and like platonic male relationships. I love it. I love it. I love hearing about bros hugging their bros and giving them smooches and tucking them in. Like it's like, oh yes, more boys who want to hug each other, please. I'm yes. into it. One of my favorite parts about uh, community is Troy and Abed just being adorable bros together. I love adorable bros. It's the best. It's the best. I love bromance. So good. Yeah, it's always nice. So that's why people are emphasizing in the comments, like, it's okay. You don't have to, like, label anything. Just think about your relationship with him and if you think it's platonic or not. And then you can kind of go from there. I wonder how many people are going to, like, really quickly figure out their sexualities while they're in quarantine (laughs) this is maybe the fourth one i've seen damn Uh, i tagged you in the other one where oh no that one was amazing oh the guy and um he the two men they were in an arranged marriage but the the husband was trans so the family thought that he was a woman and so then they slowly fall in love it's an adorable love story i retweeted it it's amazing. If you, we, we'll tweet it again so that you can you can read it. But it's just the sweetest, loveliest story with a very happy ending. Um, and I, I approve. This is just so wholesome, and I like it much better than the ones that are like my husband got mad at me about Animal Crossing. <laughs> uh, I have a kind of crazy one. Okay, we'll 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 end on that one. Okay. Found out my best friend, 25 female, has been using my pictures, 26 female, to catfish a guy she's been talking to since 2015. Oh, jeez. I may have seen this one, but I didn't read it. I saw the title. Okay. Man, I don't know where to go from here, so I thought I'd go to Reddit. That's a bad start, by the way. Like, whew. My best friend, we'll call her Maggie, and I met in our freshman year of college. We're now roommates and moved in together two years ago. In 2015, my best friend spent spring break a couple states away and matched with a guy on Tinder. When she came back to campus, she immediately told me about him and how amazing he was and how they only went out to dinner once, edit, this was obviously a lie, but that they were talking 24-7. I got super excited and asked to see a pic. That was the only picture of him she's ever shown me. Over the past five years, he's literally been her whole world. She talks about him constantly. She always has her nose in her phone. She gets clingy when he takes too long to text back. She's cried to me a few times because she's lurked on his social media and seen he was around other girls. My roommate doesn't have social media herself. I had asked a few times why they've never met up again, and she said they're both too busy and don't have the money for the trip. I even told her that he could stay with us and that would save some money. He's sent presents and even flowers on Valentine's Day every year. They've basically been dating this whole time. So yesterday, my roommate picked up a shift at work and was gone. I get a knock on our door and I open it to a guy. He says hi, and I give a confused hi? And then he barges in and scoops me up into a hug. He starts saying, I thought you were working. I was hoping your roommate was here so I could surprise you when you got back. (laughs) Oh, God. That is like a sitcom setup right Right? there. 
Oh, God. Okay. And I am so confused. I immediately get down and back away and let him know I have absolutely no clue what he's talking about. My brain can't even process what's happening. Then he looks confused and says, Maggie? And I'm like, no, that's my roommate. My roommate and I look nothing alike, so I'm even more confused. Then something kind of clicks and I think, oh my God, is this the guy she's been dating? So I say, wait, are you Adam? And he gives me a very slow, yes. And I get excited and say, oh my God, I bet Maggie's going to flip out. I can't believe you're here. His demeanor completely changes. He asks me what I'm talking about. I'm Maggie. And I tell him, no, I'm Summer, Maggie's roommate. At this point, I'm still completely missing something he has just pieced together. He says, holy fuck. And looks like he doesn't know what to say. Eventually, he asks if he can sit down. I invite him in. He then proceeds to tell me for the past five years, he's thought he's been talking to me. Every picture he's ever seen of Maggie has actually been pictures of me. I'm completely dumbfounded and don't know what to say to each other at first. So he gets out his phone and he shows me the proof. He has tons of pictures of me saved on his phone and went to their messages and showed me proof that she's been sending them to him. I felt and still feel completely sick to my stomach. I get out my phone and show him real pictures of her. I tell him maybe they could just talk when she gets off work. And he's really pissed at this point. I say maybe we should call her first and let her know he's here. So I do that and she starts flipping out, saying she's not coming home, tells him to leave and that she won't talk to him. He calls her and starts yelling at her over the phone. After everyone calms, she eventually comes back. He's hurt and accusing. She's crying. I'm sitting there awkwardly. She tells him that she's still the same person he's had feelings for. And he screams at her. No, I thought I was in love with your roommate. And that completely makes her break down. So I tell him maybe he should leave for the night and everyone should have their own space. He agrees. And after he leaves, she goes completely psychotic on me and starts throwing shit around the living room. Tells me she hates me. I start crying. It's a mess. I left to stay with a friend and haven't been back. So I don't know what's gone down. I feel like I have no idea who the person I'm living with is. And I feel weirdly violated. Do I move out? Do I try to call her? She hasn't even texted me. I don't know how to deal with this situation. You don't feel weirdly violated. You feel justifiably violated. Justifiably violated. Man, how did she? I'm surprised it lasted five years to start. Yeah. And just this, this sounds like a setup from the show Catfish. Honestly, when I read it, I was like, this is exactly like Catfish. When, because when you watch Catfish, people are like, I've been talking to them for 10 years. It's like, how have you been talking to this person for 10 years? And you don't think it's weird. They won't get on the webcam with you. I mean, I guess they did think it was a little weird. That's why they called the catfish people. <laughs> well, yeah, at that point. But just. Yeah. That's wild. I feel I feel worse for the roommate, for the OP. Yeah. Because I, obviously she's been put in this really awkward situation and he was yelling and. and she probably feels like she broke them up, like completely hmm. by accident. This is not her fault, but the roommate is acting like it's her fault. Yeah. And. It seems like she's just kind of blaming the victim here. We see this a lot where it's like, you called attention to my bad behavior. <laughs> how dare you? The reason why we broke up. It's like, no. I want to know how the Maggie was getting pictures if she doesn't have social media of her roommate. I'm assuming they're all pictures that they took together and then she's cropped them. Maybe, yeah. Or That is some obsessive. Something. If you're going to catfish somebody, which I would not recommend you do. Don't use pictures of somebody who you know really well and live with. Yeah. Yeah. That's like an extra level of boundary crossing. That just seems like there is no way that can end well. If you're using pictures of a stranger, which you shouldn't do anyway, I'm in no way 
endorsing catfishing people. Don't do it. But if you're using pictures of a stranger, the fallout is going to be less. Right. If you're using pictures of somebody who you live with and you see on a daily basis and who has been your best friend since freshman year, at some point, this is going to not only implode your relationship with him, but also your relationship with your best friend. But that could be why it lasted so long, because she was able to get a hold of pictures that weren't anywhere else on the Internet, so we couldn't reverse image search I mean, them. Yeah, I guess. Damn. There is an update. There is an update if you want to hear it. Uh, before, I just wanted to say the other thing about this is that she was getting so clingy when he oh. took too long to text back because I, number one, I hate that shit because it's like maybe I was... Taking a dump. Literally anything. Well, if I was taking a dump, I would have responded. (laughs) (laughs) I don't take my phone with me to the bathroom. That's the one place my phone doesn't go. So that's just a textbook example of projection. She's insecure because she is catfishing him and she knows that there's something that she's hiding. So she thinks he has something that he's hiding. You know what I mean? Damn. I feel so sorry for him. Like, Buying the tickets, coming up to see it, thinking he's doing this wonderful romantic gesture. And then he shows, I feel terrible, terrible for him. Yeah. The yelling and throwing things isn't a great look, but I... Oh, no, he wasn't throwing things. She oh. was throwing things. Okay, then. It was her throwing things. He yelled, which I can, I can understand okay, that. Yeah. I changed. Yeah, no, I feel bad for him now, too. <laughs> okay, but, what's the update? Okay, update. Thank you guys for all your advice and comments. Many saying you've been in mine or Adam's position. It's made me feel better. I'm going to go ahead and just post this update because I don't think there'll be more of an outcome than this. I ended up having a phone call with Adam, mostly because I wanted to know about the pictures she sent. Turns out she sent pictures of me in my underwear oh my and God. nudes that aren't actually of me or of her. So we're assuming she got those from Google. He feels really bad and is actually having a hard time with all of this. I assured him I don't blame him at all for the underwear pics or anything like that. He ended up telling me that they actually have FaceTimed, but she would never show her face, only the top of her hair, which is dyed a similar colour to mine. I never thought anything of this. Now I think it might be really weird. And her excuse was that she felt like she looked bad on video, was self-conscious, she didn't have makeup on, etc. He said he didn't think it was weird. I don't know. He also told me he's tried a ton of times to arrange visits to meet and she's come up with excuses every time. Said that he's been mostly content to talk to her through text or over the phone up until this point. Also, he said he's going to try to reach out to her one more time to talk about everything, but he's moving on. As for me, I'm not sure I can break my lease yet, but I'm going to go ahead and move out and in with a friend until my lease is over. We briefly talked when I went to my apartment, and she sort of half apologised, but is still pretty hostile and defensive, so I'm going to give her space. I feel bad for her, but I don't think our friendship is going to survive this whole thing. Anyway, this has been some crazy shit, and I appreciate all the responses I got. You guys are awesome. Well, it sounds like both the OP and Adam made the right choice. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is, if you get cheated on and you break up, obviously you'll have trust issues. Mm -hmm. But if you're in a relationship for five years where someone is lying to you, that's got to be tough to get over. Yeah, how do you must feel like the biggest idiot on the planet. And it sounds like she did FaceTime, so she did kind of... But not with her face? Yeah. Like, that would be... That would be my first, that's probably, this is probably never going to work out because I don't know what this person looks like. Yeah, mm, it's a a hard one. Yeah. Nobody wins in that situation. I just, I hate people who get angry and defensive when they've done something wrong. I know, it's the worst. Bad trait. Yeah, like, if you do something wrong, just admit it. Just say you did it. Because if you say you did it, and then you can fix it. At this point, for these people, it's like, okay, well, 
this is now unsalvageable. The pictures in the underwear, though, is like... You could probably press charges. Uh, yeah, that's... I mean, in California, you can, right? That's that's a, it's a federal crime now. I'm not sure. But I would certainly be looking into it if I were OP. Yeah. Check Oof. with your local police station, because she should be sending out your nudes. Yeah, that's that's rough. I I I'm glad that she had another place to move in right now. Oh yeah, that's tough. That's she has right. a good friend, whoever she's moving in with. Yeah, <laughs> good job. That good job, OP's friend. I would, you know, it would be a really weird plot twist is if her and Adam ended up in a relationship. <laughs> They've kind of been like that. similarly betrayed by a friend. I was kind of thinking that, like, wouldn't that be strange? Because I bet he has some like latent feelings for her because he thought he was in love with her just like oh, of course her image you know although he doesn't know her as a person it it's kind of like a parasocial relationship almost like a one-sided relationship yeah. where he, he knows her and she doesn't that would know be him at all i'm glad that that didn't happen though because that would put some weird pressure on op oh yeah like, oh that yeah would be, that would be strange but it sounds like they at least have each other to vent. Yeah, it's a good. I I think it's good that she called him just to check on him. That was a nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, that's crazy. I feel like a lot of that kind of stuff is going to be happening too. Not oh, yeah. that like surprise visit for quarantine, but like a lot of secrets are going to be revealed. Like yeah, the husband eating hay out. from our first episode. I wonder if he's still having a little chompy chomp on that sweet sweet hay. I wonder if he went to the doctor. I don't, I'm I'm curious. I want an update on the on the hay guy. Yeah, he needs to replace that with some like sunflower seeds. Actual <laughs> roughage. <laughs> Have some kale. Yeah, it's good for you. Yeah. It's like crap, but it's good for you. Well, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, they can find me at esme underscore c underscore nose as in knows lots of stuff. Uh, how about you, Morgan? I am at Morgan underscore Slay on Twitter. And you can find our podcast at at R, the letter, you, the word, serious. And you can also email us at R, the letter, you, the word, serious at gmail.com if you have any fun stories to send us. Although I did not check the <laughs> Gmail this week. So oh, if no. you send us something, it will be on the show next week. Uh, we also have a Facebook, R, the letter, slash, you, the letter, serious podcast. I'm still fighting with Facebook to get that changed. Damn you, suck. Um, <laughs> if you want to drop us a couple of screen grabs in there or something you've seen on Reddit, you'll please do. Um, it would make our day. Send us food-related stuff. In fact, we should probably do an episode where we don't do any food. Yeah. <laughs> Although I'm, I'm sure that's a contentious point right now for people. <sighs> if I Honestly, all I ate yesterday it was terrible. All I ate was sugar and carbs yesterday. Bad. You know, we're all going through a time right now. <laughs> Yeah, and we will tweet out, um, I'll retweet out that that cute husband's falling in love post and the uh, emotional labor comic, I yes. think, is going to be very useful right now for people who are stuck in a small space together. Oh, yeah. Stay safe. Look after yourselves. Don't fight. Be good. And send us recipes. Yes. Many recipes. Bread recipes.